today, you're going to learn something very important. Something very, the most important thing you could ever learn. And that's how to have a relationship with God. Amen? Maybe you think you know, but today God is going to teach you even new things. That's going to help you so much grow in your relationship with God. And walk in the truth in your relationship with God. Amen? This is something I yearn to hear my whole life growing up. I don't know if I've even still to this day actually heard an actual message like this. <laughs> growing up in middle school, high school, I grew up in a Presbyterian church, and I didn't never heard the phrase relationship with God or friendship with God. I just knew, like, we're Christians, we believe in God, we go to church, we should read the Bible, and we should pray, like, before we go to bed and at meals. And we loved God. And that was simple. It was that. That's all I knew. And so we'd go to church, and w I would have this same prayer. I would pray every night. Uh, I would name all my family members in the same order, and I would s recite the same prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep, keep me safely through the night, waking me up with the morning light. Every single night, probably through high school. <laughs> and we would pray for meals. Thank you, God. God is good. God is great. One of those prayers, something like that, you know? And this was before I encountered the power of God. So I didn't have a really, I didn't really know how to have a relationship with God. I didn't hear about what that was. And then when I reached high school, there was a couple people in my life, friends that I met, where they started saying something about relationship with God. How you can have a relationship with God, a friendship with God. And I was like, what? What's that? And how do you have that? And just hearing that, hearing that God could be personal, it ignited a fire in me immediately. Because I always loved God, but I just didn't know him personally, you know? And so a hunger erupted in me. I want, an, I want a relationship with God. How do I have a relationship with God? And the Bible says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So now I can tell you now I've come to the place where I've found God and there's always more to find more to be found of him. So we're still always in the process of seeking him. Amen. But I can say I found God and that's only because I, I began seeking him and seeking him with all of my heart. It took some years for me from when I for age 18 is when I first started or 17 started hearing about this relationship with God. How do I have it? But then um through my college years, through my 20s, I still didn't quite know exactly what that looks like. And because I didn't know how to have a relationship with God very well, I never had anyone really taught me about it. I tried to ask about it, but I felt like I never really got an answer. <laughs> Therefore, I felt, honestly, very insecure in my relationship with God. And I didn't hear people tell me how to have a relationship with God, but I would hear people say, my relationship with God is amazing, and God told me this, and God told me this, and God showed me this, and this huge vision I received from God, and this huge encounter, and I would hear all these things, and it just made me feel more and more and more insecure, because I didn't know how to have a relationship with God, and I felt like I was not, I was not hearing God like how they seemed to be hearing God. They were very confident. 
God told me and all of this. And I'm like, I would feel insecure because I would think to myself, well, maybe there's something wrong with me. Well, maybe I'm not a good enough Christian. Well, maybe I'm not doing the right things. Maybe I'm not um, being quiet enough and for God to speak to me. And I would feel, I would hear that voice of condemnation so much. We learned, we learned last week, I taught on how there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ, meaning those who believe in Christ. You are in Christ when you believe in him and when you love him and when you're following him. That means you're in him. So there's none. So we learned last week how there's no condemnation in your relationship with God. This is very important for you to know, for you to know down deep. Never is God speaking condemnation when it comes to your and his relationship. He is never looking at you with arms crossed uh, judging you. You know, I actually saw a car yesterday and it had on it, it said letters on it when I was, when I was getting picked up from the airport. When we were getting picked up from the airport, it said, God is watching you. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it just reminded me how religion, religion versus relationship with God, religion has spoke this, this message, this condemnation message, this judgment message. They've spoken this message like God is standing with his arms crossed and he's looking, he's watching you. And, and honestly, we've, a lot of us have taken that it, it, before it was just watching to see if we're sinning or not. Oh man, he's seen me sin. But then once, maybe once you're you're really living holy and pure and living to please God, now you've taken it still in your relationship with God, where you feel like God is judging you as you talk with Him, like He's judging you how long you pray, how long you read the Bible, like He's looking at you with arms crossed and a checklist, like. Okay, you've reached this hour now. Do some of you feel like you've ever experienced that? Yeah? That's how I felt. That's how I felt. And it came from religion just coming through the church so much with the messages and everything and not having anyone explain to me how to have a relationship with God. <laughs> so you need to learn how to have a relationship with God. You need to be taught this, but number two, there's, uh, there's, there's, a, there's another half you can't be taught, and that's your intimacy with God. So having, having a relationship with God, it is important you're taught what I'm teaching you today, this foundation of what it means to have a relationship with God. But then at the same time, there's a part that you, you and Jesus experience just you and him because it's personal, you and him. It's gonna look different, you and him, than, than him and me. Amen? Hallelujah. So through my college years, I would try to go and read the Bible and pray, and I, and, and I would just not be able to day after day, day after day, because I, I felt like I was seeing God like this, condemning, and it made me like feel ashamed, and it made me run from God, as Adam and Eve did. When they, were, when they felt ashamed, that's when, they were, that's when they hid themselves, and that's what's happening in the spiritual realm. The devil wants you to be insecure about your relationship with God, wants you to think God's condemning you so you won't run to God. So that's where I was. I was stuck in that place for so long. Then I encountered the power of God about six years ago. And when I encountered the power of God, my eyes opened up to God's amazing love. And that big encounter was just so life-changing because my eyes opened up to see this is God. And it was like 
the person who loved me the most times a million. And the person who loves me the most never condemns me. Never Like my mom, for, my parents, for example, like they don't shame or condemn or judge or be mean and they just want the best for me. They're for me and they, they, they're thinking of me all the time. And, you know, like, but so, so, so when I experienced God's love, it was like that times a million. So I instantly knew, wow, he never is condemning me. He's not that God crossing his arms, looking at me, uh, judging our relationship. That's not him. He's just open, open arms, wide, wide, wide open. I love you. Come be with me. I love you so much. That's God. Amen. So this is where I began to learn how to have a relationship with God for the first time, where God taught me this, and it came from seeking him. Now I wanted to go to the Bible. I wanted to spend time with him because his love was irresistible. So number one step for having a relationship with God is you need to, you need to seek God to find him, and then you need to find him. You need to find him to have that encounter, to, to know him, to know his love. And to find that, you have to seek him. I would not be where I am today if I didn't seek him until I had that encounter with his power. So if you're watching this now, if you're here today, you've never had that encounter where you, you, where you know he loves you. And that's what happens, whether it's like last week when you here shared this amazing testimony of how God touched you and, and just you could see this revelation that God loved you. Amen. Is that what you felt? Yeah. <laughs> we just saw him like full of supernatural joy. And just looking at him, you can see, wow, he is knowing. He's having this revelation now, a bigger revelation that God loves him. If, if, someone, if someone can bring you that much joy, man, that God must love you. Amen. <laughs> So number one is to have that encounter so you know that God loves you. You know who he is. It's so important. This is foundational to actually meet him, to meet him in power. And everything stems from that, is you knowing who he is, he loves me, and I've fallen in love with him. That's like step one, okay? Now, step number two is you need to understand that your relationship with God is spiritual, your relationship with God is not the same as your relationships with people in this world because every other relationship you have are with physical people. And the way you express your love to them and the way that they express your love to you is using you, many times physical things. You look each other in the eye, you smile, you hug, you embrace, you touch, uh, um, emotion, you kiss. Parents kiss their kids. And every, you know, you speak with, an, with a voice you can hear, an audible voice. And when you say, I love you so much, like you hear my voice, you're literally feeling, wow, she loves me by how I speak with my voice. And then you can express in that way too. You give each other physical gifts. I mean, when you think about it, our relationship with people are so physical right and we feel the very closest to that person when they're physically with us right now this isn't brain science but if you think about it god is not a physical person here he's a spirit so obviously our relationship with him is gonna have to look completely different 
There is so much that is the same yes, but there is so much that is not. Your relationship with people on earth is not based on faith, but it's based on uh, your experiences with them, physically, how you interact with them. They smile at you, you see it, and that physical thing, and you know, oh, they love me, right? So, so much of your, your, your confidence in your relationship is based on things you're seeing or hearing or feeling physically. Your relationship with God is based on faith. That's the foundation of your relationship with God, faith. Faith is not physical. Faith is not something you see with your physical eyes or hear audibly. Faith is something you believe but do not see. So, and, and it says in the Bible that you cannot please God without faith. So this shows us that pleasing God is going to look like having faith. How do you please God? Have faith. We know for sure that's what pleases God because you can't please him without it. So therefore, we can see now that our relationship with God is based on faith. Based on faith. What does this mean? Based on, what does your relationship with God based on faith mean? It means this. I believe God loves me. And I live in that. I live in that truth. Our revelation of God's love uh, it grows. It may, for me, it started out very small in the beginning when I never had an encounter with this power. I believe because the Bible told me so, right? Jesus loves me this I know because the Bible told me so. I believe because the Bible told me so. I believed God loved me, but my faith was very small. I believed, but it wasn't a knowing. But then I encountered the power of God. My eyes were opened up. God loves me. <gasps> Intimately me. <gasps> One moment. And now my faith went from I believe to I know. The I know is still faith, though, because I never saw Jesus physically. I never to this day have heard Jesus' audible voice. I never have physically felt his arms around me. So that encounter I had is still based on faith, but it's, it's a huge faith that Jesus loves me. So your relationship is based on your faith that Jesus loves you. So you encounter him and you have his word. And those two together make your, your faith, your foundation of your faith that Jesus loves me, it makes it secure and firm. And so now you live in that. And now you seek him more. As you seek him more and live for him more, he'll give you more revelation of his love. There will be more encounters where your eyes open up more, where you have those encounters of that revelation of Jesus loves me. You'll have more of those. So your faith will grow and your love will grow. Our relationship with God should grow. Our love should grow from now until through eternity. It should grow. What's making it grow is our faith is increasing. Our eyes are opening up more to God's love. Hallelujah. So that being said, when I had this revelation, man, it helped me so much stop being insecure about my relationship with God. It helped me so much. Okay, so when I had this revelation, wow, my faith, my relationship with God is based on my, is based on faith. 
that helped me not be so insecure about my relationship with God because I would hear people say, God told me this, God told me this, God told me this. And I wasn't hearing anything audibly. And I wasn't having visions. <laughs> and I wasn't having these big experiences of God told me and I know. I wasn't having that. And so before I was equating it to God being silent because I was taking it in the physical, physical way because I wasn't hearing God's audible voice or because I wasn't having these physical uh, experiences of hearing God's voice or seeing him, that meant he was quiet. That's what I was thinking, that he was being quiet. But that's not the truth. Amen? Your relationship with God is based on faith. Faith knowing that God loves you. Faith knowing that God is proud of you. Faith knowing that God is rejoicing over you always. It says in the Bible... Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. The Bible says that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word is God. This is how we hear his voice. This is the big way we hear his voice is through his word. Through his word, we get, to, we get to learn what his character is, what his heart is, who he is, and what he thinks about us, what he says about us, what he's doing over us, what he's speaking to us continually. It's all in the word. We can see in the word through how he interacts, how he speaks about, how he loves, how he's faithful to other people in the word of, in the word of God, other uh, people, uh, men, women of faith. And that can give us revelation as we read the word of God. God loves, that, God loves me like he loves that person. So that can help us to hear his voice now when you, when you read these stories of these people in the Bible. This isn't history, but the, the word is alive. It is active. It is living, it says. It is sharper than two-edged sword. This is living word. So as you, as you read these stories of, these, of God loving these people, God being faithful to these people, you can hear him speaking to you in that. Amen? So it says in the Bible that right there in Zephaniah that God is rejoicing over you. He's rejoicing over you with singing. Let's, let's take a moment to think about that. God right now is rejoicing over you with singing. We need to remind ourselves of this very simple but powerful truth. God loves you more than any person in the world has ever loved you and will ever love you. Hallelujah. God loves you more than you've ever loved anybody else in this world. God loves you as if you're the only person in the world. I know this is hard for us to comprehend, but this relationship is based on faith. I know we can't quite comprehend that. Sometimes it can be hard to comprehend that, but we just need to believe. We need to have faith. God loves me as if I'm the only person in the world. God's eyes are upon you always. God's taking delight in you, how he made you, how beautiful you are. Every moment of every day, he's with you, looking at you with these eyes flaming with love. But to live in this truth and to receive that love, you have to have faith. 
and you have to have active faith. This is the great importance of staying in his word continually because it helps to renew your mind, be transformed by renewing your mind as you read the word of God. You read the word of God, you're reminded he is with me all the time. He's delighting me over me with singing, rejoicing. He's, he's so proud of me every single day. This is Jesus with me. He's never leaving me. No matter what you've done, no matter if you've messed up, this is the truth. So now you, this is how you can have a great, amazing, healthy, loving relationship is to live in this faith. God loves me. I know this because of that encounter that I had and that other encounter I had and that other encounter I had and because of his word. I believe in his word and because I remind myself of this always. This is the big, this is the big foundation of your relationship with God is renewing your mind of this truth that he loves you so much because you know this, you have this faith and he's always with you and he's always for you and he's never condemning you. He's never judging you with those crossed arms, never. God wants you to renew your mind of this every day. Remind yourself, God's with me. God loves me so much. This is the big way of how you hear God's voice is reminding yourself of this truth that's in his word, reminding yourself of that, of what he spoke to you in those encounters. I love you. I love you. I love you. Many times we were trying to find, God, speak to me. God, speak to me. But God's speaking so much more simply than we are trying to get him to speak to us. He's saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm for you. I've got great plans for you. This is the big thing that he is speaking daily, but we're overcomplicating him many times. And he speaks this so often also because he really needs us to get this in us down deep. That God is with me. That he loves me. It's so simple. We overcomplicate it. He is for every day. This should be, we should hear his voice by renewing our mind of this truth, that he is speaking this, that he is with us speaking this always. God loves me. He's for me. The plans he has for me are so good. The Holy Spirit is with me. He's my helper. He's my comforter. You're here with me, Lord, right now. You're here with me. I love you. I love you. God's saying, I love you. I love you. This is everything. This is the key of having victory over the devil's schemes. This is the key of living a pure, holy, upright life and never be, never sinning, living fully with the Holy Spirit. This is the key of fulfilling your purpose on this earth. This is the key of being strong when the most fiercest persecution comes your way is living in this truth right here. God loves me. God's for me. He is with me. He's never leaving me. His plans for me are good. You get this so strong, so deep in you. You remember God's with you, speaking this to you every day. You will be unstoppable for God. Devil can't touch you. I know this is simple what I'm telling you, but this is the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
So many times we get really discouraged in our relationship with God because we are f- maybe you're uh, spending time with God and you're feeling like you're not hearing anything. Many times we can get discouraged like, God, I want you to be more real to me and I miss that encounter that I had before. God will, God will bring encounters when you need them for his specific purposes, like to bring you revelation. But then there comes a time where he wants to stretch you in your faith of his love for you. There comes a time when he doesn't want you to keep on needing uh, encounters, keep on needing physical, tangible experiences because your relationship with him is based on faith and you please God with your faith. So this is a big reason why many times it'll feel like, I feel like I'm not really hearing God or I don't know, I just, sometimes you'll even feel like, I feel like I'm distant from God. It's not true. It's not true. God never leaves you. But this is many times when you might feel that kind of way. It's just that God is stretching you. He's stretching your faith. He's wanting you to do what I just described to you right now of of that foundation of God is with me. God loves me. I love you. You hear him saying, I love you. You hear him by, you really hear him by renewing your mind that he's speaking this over you. That's a big way of hearing God's voice. And I find that sometimes if I'm feeling distant from God, it's because I've, it's because I've uh, forgot to renew my mind to do that. Remember, God's with you and he's speaking, I love you, I love you, I love you. Now, it says something powerful here in the word. Um, John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So, so Jesus is saying to the disciples, it's better that I leave you. It's to your advantage. That's powerful because imagine, imagine like, let's say you and 12, 12 of us here, and you're one of them, okay? Just 12 of us here, we're with Jesus. We're with Jesus like pretty much every day, all day, ministering. He's ministering all the time, and his disciples are helping with the work of God, serving. So they're with him physically, like all the time. John put his head on his chest, like cuddled with them. They would greet each other with a holy kiss. I mean, they were hugging Jesus. They, they were with him physically. They could see his eyes of love physically. They could hear his voice audibly. And he says to them, it's to your advantage that I go. But can, can you think about that for a second? Imagine if Jesus is with you and he's literally saying this. You would be like, no, it's not to my advantage. He <laughs> would be. But that's powerful because, first of all, that really reveals to us that Holy Spirit, he really is with us all the time as much as if Jesus was there physically, but more. Because Jesus wasn't awake sleeping with them, like side by side, eyes awake looking at them. Jesus was sleeping because he was all 100% human too when he was on the earth. But Holy Spirit, in you now, you're sleeping and God is looking at you with eyes of love when awake. Holy Spirit's with you when you go to the bathroom. He can talk to you and go to the bathroom. Holy Spirit never leaves you, ever. But we have to live in this revel- this kind of revelation that he's with you just as much as he is here physically. And you can receive his love just as much as if he was here physically. And you can, you can love on him just as much as he was here physically. It just looks different than the physical way. It's based on faith. Hallelujah. Also, now, 
this is really powerful. John 20, verse 24 through 29. Um, th- you know the story in the Bible where Jesus had resurrected and he appeared to some of the disciples, but Thomas wasn't there. And so they all got to see uh, Jesus physically with their own eyes. And then Thomas does not believe. Doubting Thomas does not believe that he appeared, that he resurrected and, r- and appeared. And so later on, eight days passes, and Jesus shows up where Thomas is in the room. And Jesus says, Jesus says, well, before actually that, before those eight days passed, Thomas said, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and put my finger into the nail prints and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. And then eight days later, they were all together. Jesus came, and Jesus says, Reach here, Thomas, with your finger and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but but stop doubting and believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, because you have seen me, do you now believe? This is very powerful. Listen to this right now. John 20, verse 29. Blessed, this is the amplified version. Blessed, happy, spiritually secure, and favored by God are they who did not see me and yet believed in me. I'm going to read that again. You are blessed. You are spiritually secure. You are favored by God. Are they who did not see me and yet believed in me. So how come I haven't gotten all these visions and how come... I don't hear God's audible voice, and how come? How come it just feels like silence a lot, even though I'm seeking God and I love Him? Because you're favored, you're blessed, because God's stretching you in your faith, because He knows He can trust you in this. Some people will whine and be like Thomas and say, I don't even want to spend time with God anymore if it's going to be like so silent like this. You know, some people will be complaining like that, but He knows you won't. He knows you'll stay faithful to God. He knows you won't complain. He knows you'll see the truth. You'll remember this verse. I'm blessed. I'm favored. If I'm not having all these physical encounters, but my relationship with him is based on faith, and I'm spiritually secure that he loves me and he's with me. Amen? Everything that God wants to do in this world through you all the miracles he wants to do through you all the things that he wants to take you through to strengthen you it all has to do with you you need to have faith you need to have strong faith the stronger the faith you have the bigger miracles that God can do so he will he will stretch your faith when it comes to your relationship with him amen so stop feeling insecure about your relationship with God if you feel like you're not hearing. You are. You just need to remember that he's speaking to you. You need to learn to hear him how he's speaking and not in the way you want to hear him speak. You want him to speak all of these huge fancy revelations, and he's like, I need you to get down the most important revelation. You haven't gone down yet. I love you. I'm with you. My plans for you are so good. You don't have that revelation down yet, my child. I'm not going to speak fancy other revelations to you till you get this one down. Get this one down. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Also, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching on today just some places where the enemy tries to just make you feel insecure about your relationship with God. And one, another one of them is that I noticed with my own life, with my own relationship with God, that on the mountaintop experiences when there was all these blessings and promises of God fulfilling, I would feel so close to God. And I would feel his love through the blessings. And then when there were times of wilderness, when there were more valley type times, stagnation feeling like type times, I would tend to feel not as close to God. I would tend to not feel his love as strong. Does anybody relate with that? Okay, it's time we become spiritual and no longer carnal. So, when we look at the story of Job, and it says, it says, Job 1, 6, this is the story of when, um, when Job ends up going through so many trials, the devil ends up taking so much from him, and it, wh- how it all began was the Bible says that Satan went up to the place to, to uh, well, it says, Job 1, 6, one day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord says to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does, God, does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied, have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord says to Satan, very well then, everything he has is in your power. But on the man himself, do not lay a finger. So many people know the story of Job, but many people don't realize, don't, under, don't forget about how this all began, how all that was taken from Job, how that happened. The story of Job in a nutshell is that Job lost so many things. He lost his health. He lost his children. He lost all of his uh, crops, all of his livelihood. So he's without a family, without health, without money. It's like everything was taken from him except his own life. And that's, but how it all began was Satan did not even first go to God and say, hey, I want to test, I want to see if Job will still worship you. But God actually brings Job up to Satan. And he says, have you considered, the Lord says to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Then Satan immediately says, oh, he's just, he just praises you and loves you because you bless him so much. So I want to see if I take the blessings away from him, if he'll still be such an amazing man of God. And God is like, okay, take it everything, but don't lay a finger on his life. So if you look at this story, God is like kind of instigating this. 
you know? I mean, God is the one who has the power. He could have said no to Satan, but he said yes. Because God was going to teach us today in 2022 something powerful. He was going to teach us through the story of Job that God is faithful, that things can be taken from your life, but God will never leave you, and God will restore all that the devil returned and add way more than what was taken. That's the story of Job, is that God actually returns all that was lost and way more. So so, so God used this hard experience that Job went to to elevate him. This was the way for him to be elevated so high. God has to take you through things, test your faith, so he can release more to you. You can't stay where you are and go up without going through trials. It's the way up. So this story of Job is teaching you and me so much about God today, and our faith can grow so much just because of the story of Job. So God knew this. God knew about you and me in 2022 today. God knew I'm going to allow my servant to go through this, these things. He, he is a strong faith. He'll make it through. I'll never leave him. And then I'm going to bless him so much afterwards. And not only is this going to bless my heart to see my servant bless more than before all of these trials, but all of my people in the year 2022 and every year before then and every year after 2022, their faith will be so much stronger because of what I have done through Job's life and because of his faith, what I could do. You see? But the story goes is that Job, when all these things are being taken away from Job, Job is like, what have I done to God? What have I done? (sighs) So he was feeling like how you and I have felt in those times of valleys. We felt like maybe I did something wrong. Maybe I feel like God's far from me. I don't feel God's love. He was feeling the same way we have felt in those times. But we can see, reading the Bible, God's perspective. This was the biggest I love you, the biggest compliment, the biggest I'm so proud of you ever to Job. It was. He, God literally says, Job, have you seen Job? There's no servant of God like him in the whole world. And because he's so great, I will allow him to go through such a mighty testing because he can handle it because his faith is so strong. And now I get to bless him more because of this. So you see how Job, the way he was thinking was opposite of the truth. God was more proud of him than ever. God was loving him like never before. God was just as close to him. That's how it is for you in your valleys. You need to remind yourself you're like Job right now. God is allowing you to go through this. He's allowing these trials because he knows he can trust you. He's proud of you. He's proud of your faith. He sees it strong, and he can entrust you with more. He loves you. That's why you're going through that. When you can, re- But this takes faith. This has nothing to do with feelings. This has nothing to do with, ah, oh, these blessings of God. I can taste and see them. You don't see them around in your face as much. It's all faith. God loves me. He's with me. I've been serving him. So he must be taking me through a trial to elevate me because he sees my faith has grown and he's proud of me. And he loves me. This is his love that I'm going through this. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
now I will I, I want to end now with sharing how in your relationship with God I've, I've been talking a lot about receiving his love but now I want to share to you how you can pour out your love to him and in a way that you might not have seen as pouring out love to him God has a love language like what touches his heart the most what touches God's heart the most, what his love language is, is obedience. When you obey him. Because when you obey him, that's the only place you're going to be in his will. When you obey him, that's the only way he can use you to accomplish his will on this earth. Oh, that's why obedience is touches his heart so much. Now, God's heart is for the people on this earth to receive him to believe in him, to know his love, to be free, to be healed. That's God's heart. God, God cares about his kingdom more than anything. And so when you, are, when you know God's love and you're in relationship with him, God wants you to now touch his heart. God wants you to now pay attention to what he is most passionate about and do what you can to make his dreams come true. And that is serving him obeying him that is doing the work of God this touches his heart more than anything when you obey him in the works of God and I never knew this I thought the only way you could touch God's heart was in prayer it was reading the Bible that's what I thought for so long but God opened my eyes up to see that touching his heart what touches his heart the most is obeying him in whatever that looks like so when he wants you to go spend time with him reading the word that touches his heart the most when he wants you to spend time in prayer talking with him listening to him that's at that moment that's what touches his heart the most but when he wants you to do something for the work of god like serving here in the church that's what's touching him the most if that's what he's asking you to do at that moment if he's asking you to do other things to help to help the move of God, the work of God, go forth, doing things on your own time, sacrificing uh, other things that you want to do to do his work, to help the work of God to go forth. When he's asking you to do that at that time, that's what touches his heart the most. When he's asking you to clean the house, when he's asking you to just spend time with the kids and love on them, when he's asking you to do that at that time, that's what touches his heart the most. Many times we think when I'm reading the Bible, when I'm praying, that's the only time I'm with God and touching his heart. That's wrong. And that's why many people live in condemnation because they're always thinking I'm not spending enough time with God. You're right. You're not. If you're only spending one hour a day, you need to spend 24 hours of your day with God. And of course, eight of those hours, you're going to be sleeping. But the rest of those hours of those day of the days he wants you to spend with him. He wants you to be aware that he is with you and invite him into your life. Invite him everywhere. Invite him when you're washing the dishes. Invite him there. Remember, he's with me. Start to sing praises to him. Put some worship music on and sing. Genuinely sing to him. You're in the car. Pray in the spirit in the car. Talk to him in the car. The, the, the biggest way that I, I, I communicate to God is worship and thanksgiving. Because I trust him. I don't need to complain to him. I don't need to ask him for the same thing again and again. I know his will's being done. I declared. I declared the words that needs. There should be no lack. There must be provision here. I declare. I, 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 I work with God to bring what needs to happen on this earth, heaven on earth. Amen. 
But the rest of the time, I live, I rest in him, knowing he's in control, knowing he's doing what he wants to do, his will's going forth, and I just thank him and praise him. Hallelujah. So live your life in praise and worship to him and worship him through serving him. It says in the Bible, 2 John 1, 6, and this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. And this is love. So you will be loving God when you walk in obedience to him, to his commands. Do you catch that powerful revelation? That's when you're showing love to him, when you're obeying him in whatever it looks like. It says in John 21, 15, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Then the, he was fishing. He was doing what he wanted to do, going back to his old life when God wanted him to be consumed with the work of God. Amen? And it says, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these, than fishing? And then Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus says, feed my lambs. So he was asking uh, Peter to pastor, to minister, to spiritually feed, edify, equip, impart, encourage the sheep, God's people. Did you catch that powerful revelation? Do you love me? If you love me, serve me. Love my people. Work for me. Be serious about the work of God. If you love me, this is what touches my heart when you do this. When you're serious about my kingdom, my kingdom work. God loves everybody the same. He loves everybody. He loves everyone so much, no matter if they're sinners. I mean, if they're in the world or they know him, God loves everybody. But you can touch God's heart. You can make him happy or not. You can bring him joy. And that's the most beautiful, healthy relationship you can ever have with God. Is when you're receiving God's love and you are touching his heart. How he wants his heart to be touched. Not loving him the way you want to love him. But doing exactly what he wants you to do. Doing exactly what touches his heart the most. Being the most passionate about what he's the most passionate about, which is loving on his people and serving in the work of God. So we need to have this revelation. This, this made my relationship with God just grow like never before is this revelation. That when I was serving God, when I was obeying him, when I was doing the works of God, mundane works, I was touching his heart the most. I could sense God was pleased with me. I could sense him saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. I could sense he was proud of me, serving him when it was hard, serving him when it was fun, obeying him when it was hard or it was fun. I could, he's saying, I'm so proud of you. You're touching my heart. Thank you. I love you. When you're serving God, when you're obeying him, whatever it is, you need to 
Renew your mind to this truth that he is speaking this over you. I love you. I'm proud of you. And you are doing this with him. You are serving God with him. This is intimacy with God. He's with you. So have that revelation. I'm doing this with God right now. And his heart is so touched that I am doing this and that we are doing this together. Hallelujah. This is how you can be just living in love with God, loving on him and receiving his love back. This is how you can be so strong to do. This is how I'm able to be strong to do the work of God, which surpasses understanding. Like God's having me work so much for the kingdom, <laughs> sending me here, there, everywhere. And, you know, with not a few days of rest in between, I I live in this relationship with God as I serve him. I live in this revelation. I live in his love. He's with me. Right now he's with me. Right now he's saying that he's proud of me. He loves me. I remind myself of that. Then I can be strong and have his supernatural love fill me everywhere I go. Amen? Hallelujah. Have you received? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. It's time for you to live condemnation-free now in your relationship with God. It's time to have just the most beautiful, full relationship with God beyond your dreams. It's time now. Amen? It's time now. There's nothing stopping you now. The devil's lies are exposed. It's time to live in God's love every day, every moment. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your love. We praise you, Lord. We thank you for your amazing love, your perfect love that casts out all fear. We thank you, Jesus, that you are with us always. We thank you for freeing us from all religion, all lies of the devil, all lies of condemnation. Thank you, Jesus, for your amazing love. Hallelujah.